Welcome to Restoration City Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed by this message. I want to talk about, actually I was, we're talking about positioning for greatness and one of the words that the Lord just began to put into my heart and put in my spirit. And it's taken from 1 John 4.4. And we know our theme is that you will increase my greatness and cause me... That's not the right one, Irie. Psalm 71. Let me just get that. Yeah, you shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. And we, we've been talking about, I've been reflecting on this greatness. Um, in 1 John 4 verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them Because greater is he, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he. Greater is he, not it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So whatever is inside of you, he that is inside of you is not equal to what's outside there. What you have is greater. It's not the same level. You are operating on another level. There is a greatness inside of you, which is a he, which is greater than he that is in the world. So we know from scripture and what we have experienced in our lives is the greatness of God. If you've been around a little bit, you would have experienced and know how great God is. We can testify of that because we have experienced him in our lives. And so we can testify and say he's a good God. The scriptures declare in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse number 11, I would just take the top stand a little bit on this one, just, just for the preaching. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11, and just bring me up a little bit on here. It says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness. That's 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. In other words, Lord, you are great. Yours, O Lord, is is the greatness and the power and the glory, the victory and majesty. It's all yours. It belongs to you. Are you hearing that? Greatness belongs to our God. Power belongs to our God. Victory belongs to our God. Majesty belongs to our God. It's yours. And that's how we express ourselves in worship. We are declaring yours, O God, is the greatness. We declare and when we are worshiping, we say, God, you are great. And greatly to be praised. We just sang, how great is our God. We speak of his greatness. We speak how great, how vast, how powerful he is. All the glory belongs to him. It's not us. It's not ours. It's his. So we ascribe glory and majesty and power. That's what worship does. It ascribes it to him. We say these things belong to you. These things we acknowledge is yours. 
They are all yours and we acknowledge that and our worship demonstrates that. Amen. For all that is in the heavens is yours. Everything in the heavens is yours. Everything that's in the earth is yours. My God. It's all his. It's all his. It's all under his authority. It's under his control. It's under his power. It's all his. Everything in heaven is yours. Everything on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom. Oh my Lord. Yours, oh Lord, is the kingdom. If you ever struggle to worship, if you ever struggle to praise, you need to use this scripture. If you run out of words to say, you need to use this scripture. Because all the kingdom, yours is the kingdom, oh Lord. You are exalted as head over all things. Everything belongs to you. Isn't that what Paul said in, in, in Ephesians? It's all his. All of it belongs to him. So in this verse, the writer is describing, ascribing to God the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty. Everything in heaven, Lord, belongs to you. Everything on the earth belongs to you. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted. You are exalted as head above all. That means everything comes under him. Everything is under him. And Deuteronomy 10 verse 17, just two verses there. Deuteronomy 10 verse 17. Says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. Just in case you didn't spell it out properly and people didn't get it. And they're talking about their God. And talking about their lords. The scripture make it quite clear. For the Lord your God. For the Lord your God. We are talking about Jehovah. The Lord your God. You got to know your God. You got to know your God. For the Lord your God is God of gods. And Lord of lords. The great and mighty. Just in case you're, you're mixing up which God we're talking about. The God I'm talking about is the one who is great and mighty. The one who stands in a class all by himself. There is no other God like him. That's the one we're talking about. So there's no confusion here. The great, the mighty, and just in case you still don't get it, let's step in one step further. The awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. Just in case you don't understand, our God is awesome. In other words, I don't have words enough to describe him. All I can say is awesome. <coughs> Who is not partial and takes bribe? Our God is an awesome and incredible God. And this God who we pray to in Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think according to the power at work within us. There is a power that is at work within us that causes greatness to come. So we know that our God is a great God. We know that our God is an awesome God. He is omniscient, which means he has knowledge of all things. There is nothing that he does not know. Anything that God does not know does not exist. Anything God does not know does not exist. He knows all things. In the past... In the present and in the future. God, he was, he is, and is to come. He is omniscient, 
all-knowing God. And God's knowledge is unlimited. You cannot put a limit on God's knowledge. When we do exams, there's certain gradings that we would have. And if you're very good, you get A star. Well, you can't put a limit on God. His knowledge is unlimited. There's no A or A plus. It goes beyond. My Lord, that's how incredible our God is. Not only is he omniscient, he is omnipotent. That means the God that we serve, it means all power belongs to him. I said all power belongs to him. Psalm 62, 11 says, God has spoken. Twice have I heard that power belongeth unto the Lord. He is not only the, have the power over all things, but he is the very source of power. Did you hear that? He is the very source of power. He's not like some like our phones where all these electric cars, it runs for a certain period of time, then you have to park it up and go and plug it in and pull power down to go into the car or you pull power down to go into a battery. You, God does not have to pull power from anywhere. He generates power himself. He is all power. He doesn't have to look to anyone else for power. He is all powerful. Oh, someone help me. Ari, just help me a little bit more in terms of my vocals here. I don't want to press too hard. And our God is unlimited. Unlimited in might. He is unlimited in power. He just is past Duracell. He goes on. Because I remember when I bought Duracell, I thought it would last forever. But I had my toy. I used to have the toy car. Put the battery in them, paid so much money for the battery. Ramp, play, 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 play. I see the car going slower. And so I thought they said these batteries, false, false advertising. But our God is unlimited in power. Unlimited in might. He generates, he's a source of power. He is the source of power. He is the omnipotent God. That all power, he says, all power belongs to God. All power belongs to God. He is also omnipresent. That means that whilst we are in this building, praising God and worshipping God, and we feel his presence here with us, you could be right across the other side of the world at a complete different time zone and worshipping God and he will be there at the same time. He is not limited by time or space. He can be everywhere at the same time. This omnipresent God, this great God, Isaiah says that he sits Above the circle of the earth. The earth cannot contain him. The heavens cannot contain him. The heavens, heavens cannot contain him. Before heaven was created, he was. The God who dwells in the unapproachable light. Cannot be contained by the heavens. Cannot be contained by the earth. He is a great an incredible God. And this God, this incredible, mighty, awesome God, says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, so God created man in his own image. He says, I want man to take on my image. That there's things about me I want to see reflected in man. And the Bible says in the image of God, not in the image of an animal or monkey or anything else. 
in the image of God. In the image of God, Genesis 1.27 says, God created he, him. Male and female, he created them. He made us into his own image so that we can have the potential that is needed. The same potential of greatness, he put it in man. He says, I'm going to create you after my image. You, male and female, are created after the image of God. In Genesis 2.27, it says, And the Lord God formed man. He formed man of the dust of the ground. He took man and he began to shape and form man from the dust. That's where we come from and that's where we go when we finish. From the dust, from the dust of the earth, he began to shape and put man into, into place. He began to shape. And the, the, the scripture says, when the angels looked, they said, what is man? When they see that man is made out of the dust of the earth, they looked and said, what is man? That God will be so mindful of man. When you consider angels and cherubims and seraphims and how beautiful they are, and then they look at man who is made from the dust of the earth, they're asking the question, what is man? God, that you are so mindful. Your mind is so taken up with man. But what is man? You are from the dust. You're from dirt. You're made from the dirt. And the angels are scratching their heads thinking, but we have eyes that goes all around us. We have wings that we can fly. And you are so caught up with dirt. What is man? What is so special about man? What is, what, is, what is man that you should be so mindful? Why should you care about dirt? Why should you care about man that's coming from dirt? But we're not just dirt because something happened. Something happened that the Bible says that God that's what made the difference. God, God breathed, breathed into his nostril the breath of life. God breathed into man and man became a living soul. In other words, we were just dirt. But the minute God breathed into us, that makes a whole difference. That's what made the difference. That we are no longer just dirt, but we carry in us the breath of life. We carry in us the breath of life. His breath is now inside of me. That means when God breathed into us, he breathed into us potential. He breathed into us uh, not only potential, he put power in us. Not only did he put power in us, he breathed into us greatness. He breathed into us possibilities. He breathed into us dreams. He breathed into us creativity. It all comes from the, the breath of God. The breath of God. The same way how a potter would take a vessel and shape that vessel. It means that you weren't accidentally put together. Because the God that we have was so skillful. We were skillfully, skillfully made. Skillfully formed and put together. And God... Breathe, because until he breathed into us, we were dead. 
we were dead. We had nothing. It's like if I took off this jacket, this jacket would have no purpose. It can't do anything. But the minute I get inside of this jacket, once I put it on, now the jacket take on shape. Now the jacket can move. Now the jacket can do stuff because I'm in it. And that was like what we were without God. Without God, you are empty. Without God, you are dead. But when God, um, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, you has he quickened. You who were dead in trespasses and sin, God quickened. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That's what we call receiving the Holy Ghost. That's what happens when you get the Holy Ghost. He quickened us. In other words, he made us come alive. We were dead, but he quickened us, made us come alive. So man was just from the dust. But God gave man his life. He put his life inside of you. He received. That's what John 20, 22, when he called his disciples, said for you to be able to, to function, because you can function whilst I'm here. But for the greatness, for you to walk in greatness, for you to walk in power, you can't do that by your own might. Because you're dead. But the Bible says Jesus called his disciples. And then he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Because once you receive the Holy Ghost, his life is now inside of you. So God breathed into man and man became a living soul. In other words, what God was saying is, is that I am a God of greatness. Everything, it doesn't, he is a multifaceted God. It doesn't matter which way you look at him, he's great. Whether north, east, south, or west, it don't make what, what difference. It doesn't matter where you look at him. All you see everywhere is greatness. Even when Moses just saw the back of God, he saw, great, he saw greatness. Just, was it Moses? Just let me pass by. And as you pass by, you can see the back of me. And the back was enough. Full of glory. Full of power. So, the Father says, I want this greatness. I want you to replicate what I have. In Genesis 1 and 27, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. In other words, I'm a great God. I'm a great God. I'm a mighty God. I'm all powerful. And so I want to make you in my in our likeness. And hear what he says. Because once greatness gets inside of you, you have a purpose. The greatness is for a purpose. The Holy Spirit coming inside of you is for a purpose. The breath of God being inside of you is for a purpose. And he says, here is the purpose. When I breathe my, my breath of life in you, here is a purpose. Let them have dominion. You hear that? It says, I'm now breathing into you the breath of life. I'm going to cause you now to walk in greatness. <clears throat> One of the manifestations of the greatness is that you're going to have dominion. One of the manifestations is that you are called to, to dominate. That is a reflection of the glory. You are called to dominate. And he says, uh, let me just make the distinction. You are to dominate over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. You are to dominate. 
I'm giving you authority to dominate. I'm putting greatness inside of you to dominate. You are not the one who's supposed to be running. Because the Bible says the, the righteous are bold as lions. The wicked flee when no one's pursuing them. So in other words, God has put greatness inside of us and he's saying, I want you to reflect me. So I want you to operate in this realm to have dominion. I'm giving you the ability. I'm breathing into you life. I'm breathing into you greatness so that you have the ability to operate like me. So God placed greatness into man and the purpose is for us to fill, not fulfill our purpose, is to fulfill his purpose. We are to fulfill his purpose, but you cannot fulfill his purpose without... <laughs> and then the Bible says he blessed them. When he blessed them, he now gives them the authority. He now empowers them. Because when you bless something, you empower them to be able to fulfill that purpose. That's why I'm, 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 I listen to the news this week and I, I hear the Church of England saying that they're going to bless gay marriage. You cannot bless what God does not bless. You, it's impossible. It's impossible to bless and sanction what God has not already blessed. It's impossible. You can repeat the words in English, Chinese, in every language you want. It is impossible for God to violate his own words. And it's a shame. It's a shame that the men of, and women of God are caving in to pressure from society. When we're supposed to stand upon the word of God... And understand the greatness that God is in, have in us. Greater, remember the scripture, great is he that's in you. You can't cave in to what's in the world. Because if you cave in, I have to ask what, what greatness do you have inside of you? I need to ask what you have inside of you. Because if, if you have God inside of you and he is great, then you cannot cave in. You are called to have dominion. And so God placed greatness into man and he empowered man so that man could be successful and man could fulfill the mission that God has set. Because where God has set the, 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 the task, you now need the ability to do the task. And you cannot do the task without him. And we understand from scripture that man sinned because we didn't understand what we had inside of us. We didn't understand the greatness that's inside of us. And so therefore in Adam, all sinned. In Adam, we all sinned. It was credited to all of us, we all sin, but through Jesus Christ we will live. The Bible, but there was still, even though man sinned and had to be driven out of the garden, man still had potential. Did you hear me? Man still have potential. And I show that to you in Genesis 11 verse 6. In Genesis 11 verse 6. It says, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one. And they all have one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will restrain from them. Nothing will restrain from them. In other words, there is still the potential for greatness in them. They understand the principle that in unity there is strength. In unity, excuse me, there is greatness. 
And now he's saying that because they all have one language, principle, if we the church spoke with one language, if the church spoke with one language, if the church stood upon the authority of the word of God and we did not deviate from the word of God, if we spoke with one language, because the world is doing that, they understand the principle because they all have one language. And this they began to do. They start to do their stuff together. They start planning their stuff together. And the scriptures say nothing will restrain, nothing, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined. Whatever they imagine to do, because they have one language, they become powerful. Do you understand the principle? Because they speak with one language, whatever they imagine to do, they become very great. And so that's why the scripture says, you have to have something greater than what they have. And greater is he that's in you. So even though they may plan together, why do the heathen rage and the people Im imagine they have images of vain things? The kings of the earth, they set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed saying. They're trying to pull down God's anointed. They're trying to tear God's anointed down. But he in the heavens, after a while he's going he's to have them in all, in all messed up. Watch this thing, is going to tumble like a pack of cards. Everything's going to tumble because the Lord sits in the heaven and he's going to laugh at them. And say, what are you going to do to my anointing? And then it's going to vex him in his sore displeasure. In other words, what's going to happen is the laughing stops. And now it becomes serious. Because I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy the things which you're setting up against the church. is going to be destroyed. Why? Because the righteous begins to step in. We become God's anointed. And when we begin to understand the greatness is inside of us. Can I continue to preach? So, man has the ability, what we can see is that man has the ability to plan. Man has the ability to create because there is still potential. Someone say potential. There is still potential for greatness that was still in them. And, and so, Things have to change because th there is a kingdom principle that Jesus says to them in, in Mark 9, 23. There's a, a kingdom principle Jesus says to them. He says, if you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. A principle. All I've got to do is get you to believe. If I get my people to believe, then all things becomes possible. Because all I need you to do is believe. Because when you believe, you plug into the source of greatness. When you believe, you're hooking yourself up to him who's great. The one who's a source of all greatness. The one who's a source of all power. The one who's a source of all authority. Where the scripture says all the heavens belong to him. The earth belongs to him. All the kingdom belongs to him. Everything is under him. When you believe, you're connecting yourself in. You are plugging in. And what you need is now a download. Because sometimes our batteries, get, like our phones, get empty. And, 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 and those who use their phone, Hulip, sorry, a lot. <laughs> right, those who use their phone a lot, your battery drain quick. But there's some people who ain't using their battery. But the more you use, the more, that's why I have to worship. I have to pray. I don't know, because I, 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 I'm using, I'm at use all the time. So I have to connect to the source because I have myself, I'm, I don't have it. But if I can connect to the source of power, 
through my worship, I'm connecting to the power source. And then he's able to download into me. And as Steve was saying earlier on, fill me. Fill me. I need to be filled again. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I wish I had some help here. I said I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I need to be filled with power because I'm constantly giving out. Constantly giving out. And what I need is to be connected to the source of power. I need a download. So we know that when it comes to greatness, greatness comes from one place. And it comes from one source, which is God Almighty. Greatness comes from God Almighty. And so therefore in Acts 1 verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. My brother, my sister, in other words, you shall receive greatness. When the Holy Ghost comes, when the Holy Ghost comes, you will be like another man. You'll be like another woman. What we need is the Holy Ghost. I said what we need is the Holy Ghost. What we need is the Holy Ghost. We can't fight this battle using sticks and stones. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what the church needs. We need the Holy Ghost. Because when the Holy Ghost gets inside of you, greatness is there. When the Holy Ghost gets inside of you, power is there. When the Holy Ghost gets inside of you, might is there. Some of us are trying to fight battles using our own strength. And your own strength is not good enough. You need the Holy Ghost. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, what we are receiving is the breath of God. Every time we receive the Holy Spirit, we are receiving the breath of God. When I'm receiving the breath of God, I'm receiving greatness. When I receive the breath of God, I'm receiving potential. When I'm receiving the breath of God, I'm receiving possibilities. When I receive the breath of God, I'm receiving creativity. When I'm receiving the breath of God, I'm receiving power. When I'm receiving the breath of God, I'm receiving might. When I receive the breath of God, I'm receiving strength, 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 strength to fight another day. But what I need is the Holy Ghost. What I need is the Holy Ghost. I say what I need is the Holy Ghost. I say what I need is the Holy Ghost. I don't need the modern day stuff. I want the old school style. I want the one where you roll all over the place. I want the one that when you come to the altar, that you you know that you've been with God. That when you leave the altar, a change has taken place. I need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. And Jesus says there's a reason for this. He says there's a reason for this and I'm finished here. Hallelujah. He says here is a reason. He says I need the church to understand that there is a purpose here. And here is the purpose. He says in Matthew 16 and verse number 19, it says, this is, this is one of the things I'm giving you so you understand greatness. That you understand you're operating in greatness. It says in Matthew 16 verse 19, it says, and I will give you the keys. Because whenever you have keys, it means you have access. Whenever you have keys, it means you have some power. Whenever you have keys, you have authority. Keys allows you to go in and out. You see, when you open these doors, the alarm will go off, but I got keys to shut everything down. All I need is the keys. Because without keys, you're operating illegally. And if, if I was to go to your house, if you invite me to your house and, I, and, I, and you weren't there and I tried to get in your house without keys, the police rightfully will arrest me and lock me up. 
for breaking and entering. Because I don't have the necessary authority. I don't have the right authority. But the Bible says in Matthew 16 verse 9, it says, And I will give you the keys, not just key, but keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. He says, I'm giving you keys. And you got to know which key to use at the right place at the right time. Because if you are trying to take a front door key and try to start a car with a front door key, it means you don't know which key operates which thing. So you're going to get frustrated because you're going to try using a front door key and try to get into, into the lock of a car. And then you get frustrated and throw everything down and say, it doesn't work. And that's what happens. Sometimes Christians get frustrated because they say, all this Christian stuff, it doesn't work because you don't know what keys to use. And so you are getting frustrated because you're operating with the wrong keys. You don't know which key opens the right lock. Once you get the right key, you see, my, my house and my daughter, we have the same type of key. It looks identical. And so sometimes when I get home, especially when it's dark, I'm pick, I take out her key and I'm pushing it in the lock. And I'm thinking, why is Iria locked me out of my own house? And I'm getting frustrated. But sense after a while kicks in. I said, they were just check for a second. Just check what key are you using? I just, uh, when, when I pull out the, uh, and, and look in the light, I said, oh, I got the wrong key. They look exactly the same. It's the same make, but have different function. I'm trying to open the door with the wrong key. But when you know how to operate in the realms of the spirit, you understand that you have been given the keys. You gotta use the right keys for the right door. So there's times when you need key of faith so that you can get healing. There's keys of supplication. There's keys of for deliverance. You gotta know which key is the right one. But what God is saying is that I have put inside of you, I've given you greatness. And here is the greatness that you have influence. I'm giving you the keys of influence. And here, here, I've got to come to an end. Huh? But I'm giving you keys of influence. But hear this, not only on the earth. I'm giving you key of influence also in the heavens. Did you hear what I'm saying? He said, I'm putting greatness inside of you so that you have influence. Huh. Jesus. You have influence here on the earth and you have influence in the heavens. So that's why the scripture says, when you bind something on the earth, when you command that things should not be happening here on the earth and you bind it on the earth, what happens is, because you've plugged into the source of power and you have influence, whatever you have said and you have bound on the earth is bound in the heavens. You have influence. Someone says, I've got influence. Can I just say this? The devil better know your name. You, the devil's supposed to know who you are. Because you're supposed to cause him a headache. You're supposed to be troubling his kingdom that he knows your name is, oh, no, here he comes again. Here he comes again. Because you carry influence that whatever you permit here on the earth, heaven knows about it. And because you're connected to heaven, it's permitted in the heavens. So that's the, the power you have. You, you operate in two realms. Lord have mercy. Don't let anyone tell you you're not great. When you have the God inside of you, there is greatness inside of you. So you can operate on both realms. You operate in the earthly realm and you operate in the heavenly realm. But this greatness, what I'm talking about, 
has to be connected to God. You got to be connected to God. God has got to be the one who you plug into. God has got to be the one who you're connected to. And John 15 verse 7, and I'm finished here. John 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me, that's the key for greatness. The key for greatness is, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, I said it again, if you abide, you hear what that, that word abide? The word abide, it means you're going to allow him to dwell with you and in you. Abide is a settling. When you settle, not going in and out, in and out, when you settle. If you abide with me, when you settle yourself to your lost in Christ in God, when you are wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in Jesus, when everything about you is Jesus, when you cannot separate yourself from him and who you are, when you are so intricately tied up with him and you abide in him and he in you, there is no distinction. I abide in him. And his word abide in me. I abide in him and his word abide in me. When that connection is happened, then he says, you shall ask whatever you will. Lord have mercy. You shall ask whatever you will. Whatever you desire. And hear the, the key thing. And it shall be done unto you. It shall be done unto you it shall be done unto you he takes it one step further in john 14 verse 12 it says more more most assuredly i say unto you he who believes in me here, here look, look, pull this up said john 14 verse 12 look at what it says verily verily i say unto you he that believeth the word believeth is a continuation not just the once you continue to believe you continue to believe yes you go through hardship but i continue to believe yes the battle rages but i continue to believe yes the storm is there but i continue to believe yes my health is not always where it needs to be but i continue to believe i may not always have money in my pocket but i will continue to believe he that believeth on me jesus froze the spanner in he he says the works that i do you see the works you see in the Gospels, which was written, and you see what I done? Hear what he says. The works that I do, shall he do also, and greater, and greater, and greater. You see what I do? That was good. But now I'm, I'm switching this, because now I'm, I'm not just going to be with you. I'm going to be in you. And we together, we working together, what you see me do was nothing. Because that was one chase in a thousand. But now I'm in you. And it's not just having Jesus with me, but having Jesus in every one of us. There's so much of us that if we just have a little Jesus in us, if we could just have a little Holy Ghost in us, that not only will Minister Joseph be able to chase the devil and give the devil a hard time, but now Deacon has got the Holy Ghost and Deacon is giving the devil a hard time. Not only is that Sister Carmen has got the Holy Ghost and she's also giving the devil a hard time. Sister Donna has the Holy Ghost and giving the devil a hard time. Sister Leslie has got the Holy Ghost and giving the devil a hard time. All you need is the Holy Ghost. Greater works, greater is he that is inside than he that is in the world. They say the greater the storm, 
the brighter the rainbow's gonna be. The greater the storm, the brighter the rainbow's gonna be. We need more Holy Ghost. We need to shine. We need to shine. It's time to rise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. Listen to me and let me finish by saying this. You weren't born to fit in. You were born to stand out. You weren't born to fit in. You ain't fitting in nobody. You were born to stand out. Because you have someone who is so great inside of you. You can't be shut up. You can't, you can't shut up because the greatness inside of you wants to come out. You have a lion of Judah that's ready to roar inside of you. All you have to do is open your mouth and let the lion roar and let the devil know everything that you've come against me with, everything that you set against me, every plan, every trap, every strategy, every wild that you set against me. I'm going to allow the lion of Judah that is inside of me to roar. I'm going to let a praise out. I'm going to let a praise out. Will you stand to your feet and let a praise come out of your mouth? Let a praise come out of your mouth that says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greatness, 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 greatness is inside of me. The Lion of Judah, the Lion of Judah is inside of me. And I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for my deliverance. I thank you for change. I thank you that chains have been broken in the name of Jesus. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on this great name. Jesus. Jesus. Precious Jesus. We have the victory. We pray you're encouraged with the word of God. For more information about Restoration City Church, please visit us at www.restorationcc.org.uk. Okay.